Did you know that there are literally dozens of podcasts dedicated to the Cleveland Browns, but not one dedicated to Cleveland culture and general shit-talking? Have you ever heard someone say, what the fuck is in Cleveland, and thought, I wish I had something I could throw in their face? Well, get ready, baby, because we're here to talk all things Cleveland. Current events. Local news. Arts and culture. Food. Millennial musings. And maybe some murder. That's Audrey Imes. That's Ryan Judy. And And we'll we'll see see you in Cleveland. How's it going? Um, I'm actually kind of jaw on the floor right now, and I think you are too. I am, because we literally were just setting up, and then we saw... A crazy message from our friend Chelsea. I have to give that context for some reason. (laughs) But yeah, we saw that... um, You say it. Kobe Bryant passed away. Like, literally, this just broke, like, minutes ago. So we're just, like, whoa. Yeah, like, even... Even passed away, like, he died in a helicopter crash, yeah. they say. They said. I say that, like, as if it's allegedly happened. Yeah. That's so sad. What a crazy way to die in a helicopter crash. That's the first it's place upsetting. my mind goes. He's one of the best basketball players, like, regarded. For sure. Top five, for sure. Yeah, I mean, you know way more about basketball than I do. I immediately messaged my aunt, who also is obsessed with basketball, because mm-hmm. I'm sure she's mind-blown. But that's pretty crazy. Yeah. His last tweet was about LeBron James. Do you have the tweet pulled up? Yeah, yeah. He was like, um, continuing to move the game forward at King James. Much respect, my brother. And then emoji. How long ago? And hashtag 33644, which I don't know what that means. (laughs) But How long ago did he post that? That was 16 hours ago. Damn. Well... That's definitely a big loss for the sports world and a pretty crazy story on a Sunday afternoon. And uh, I'm sure it's a big tragedy for his family. So, yeah, super sad. But on a lighter note, on a lighter note, <laughs> here we are. It's uh, episode three. It's episode three. We made it. Um, so what have you been up to this week, Ryan? Oh, this week? I was a little sick this week. Mm-hmm. I was, I've was i been a little under the weather. I'm, like, kind of back, though. I, my voice is still a little, like, uh, mm. droning sounding. Okay. But <laughs> I'm getting there. Yeah, that's yeah. good. I went to High and Dry last night, which was Ooh. a really great time. Where is that place at? It's in Tremont, um, okay. off of Professor. Can you take, like... 30 seconds and just like take me there with you for a yes. second like I'm walking through the door with you yeah for sure it's like a bar set up it's like medium sized space they have pinball machines a nice mm-hmm. open bar they have like an OU hockey jersey on the bar so which makes me believe that one of the bartenders our yes. owners probably went to OU they also had like a Jackie O's on tap go Bobcats go Bobcats <laughs> um they also have like the kitchen kind of open to that area and they had this like fried chicken like on like a, like a heater which Yum. looked really good um You're but beautiful picture uh, for yes. me we also played they have duck pin bowling there which Ooh. is like the highlight right <laughs> so fun. it's like i describe duck pin bowling as a hybrid between mechanical bowling and regular bowling like the like the pins are on like a string mm. and they're like space
spaced out a little bit more. Okay. Um, so, and then you get three tries instead of two. Oh. So okay. it's fun. It's fun. It's kind of difficult, um, but we played in it. It's it's great. I think so I saw definitely. a picture on Facebook and you guys looked like you were having a good time. Yes, yes. So it's a cool place. Where was that located again? In Tremont. In Tremont. Sorry, mm-hmm. I always forget. Yeah, they have great food there too. Well, that sounds like a fun Saturday. Yeah. How about you? How was your week? I've had a good week. I started my new job, so it's been kind of busy with that. And it's actually really funny. So last episode, we I featured the story of the kidnapping and murder of Amy Mahalovic, yeah. as you probably remember. Mm-hmm. And the creepiest thing kind of connected to that story happened to me Was this there a development? Week. No, unfortunately, I wish that's what I was here to report, but no. Um, It was just this really random thing. So I was at my uh, my new desk, my first day of my new job, right? And there were like, I was sort of like cleaning it up because there was like some papers and stuff in like the drawers and like the file trays they had given me, you know, it was Mm -hmm. like, yeah, someone else's crap. So I'm starting to like go through it and like get rid of what I can and set aside what I shouldn't. And all of a sudden I pull out this envelope and it's just like a piece of junk mail. But it was from the Lake Erie Nature and and Resource Center, which was the place that police suspect whoever murdered Amy Mihaljevic might have gotten her contact information. Which was super spooky to me because before I researched that story, I hadn't even heard of that place because I'm not from the west side Mm -hmm. or near the lake, really. So I had never been there even for a school trip. Everything I did was always in, like, the national park. Yeah. Um, So I just was super spooked. And it felt like a a ghost, like, giving me, like, a creepy tap on the shoulder or something and being like, hey, look at this. I don't know. Yeah, that is weird. But that was the creepy detail that I kept meaning to tell you, but I saved for this moment. Oh. It did not disappoint. I hope not, because like, I was very antsy to tell you. So that's pretty much the most interesting thing that happened to me this week, other than starting my new job and loving it. Yeah. Um, I did also read an interesting article on Cleveland.com. Oh, love Cleveland.com. Love it. So the article was by, Cle- uh, I'm sorry, Peter Krause and Mary Kilpatrick. Oh. Um, and it was about the fact that Kansas City is getting ready to get uh, free transportation. I heard about Free public transportation, yeah, across the whole city. And basically the position of the article is like, well, what if we did that in Cleveland? Because it is something that I guess has been brought up, you know, from time to time, and there's advocates for it, but it isn't something that's actively on any sort of, like, ballot or going to be or anything like that, but it is a really interesting concept. Right, like a, a possible solution. Right, to so many things, if you think about it, like... One thing that I got to thinking about was, and a lot of people in Cleveland will relate to this, how terrible the roads are on, especially in some of the suburbs and like in the side streets where people actually live and like truly drive every day. Um, Some roads are just like covered in potholes, especially by this time of year and later once we've been through a little bit of winter. And I just think, imagine if like more people could like afford to like really use public transportation and if we invested a little bit more in it and making it better and more efficient how many less cars there would be on the road and we would have less wear and tear on our roads just like we would on our cars yeah and that was the first thing that came to my mind just because i hate hitting potholes and it pisses me off every time it happens (laughs) yeah for sure there needs to be something that happens like a public transportation like rehaul in northeast ohio and cleveland because, like, even when they built the Rapid, like, 
it doesn't go like the route is strange like it doesn't mm-hmm. really go to some areas that need service it does go to obviously areas that are popular but right. i think it could be expanded mm-hmm. and reach more people i know they've like i've seen like a lot of those graphics before where it's like proposed transportation routes and like they have like how it could look you mm-hmm. know and that's always like really exciting but i'm like it's never gonna happen yeah because no one ever wants to invest in it which is crazy because um the other day i was just thinking like at one point in time someone had to like the state in the government invested in like highways right you know like they had to build 480 why can't we just build some transportation like let's just get some tax dollars behind it because we need it it's always amazing to think back to in history and like look at things like that that like like we as a society and our government like achieved because we knew it was like so important and it's like I don't feel like there's anything like that that we could achieve no. like that now. No that one easily. cares anything. That right. Or like, yeah. there's just so much like bullshit and bureaucracy and just, we can't get anything done is my point is that's how it feels nowadays. So I totally get what you mean. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, one of the things with me, I don't really use Cleveland public transportation very much because I've always just heard from my friends and people I know who do use it, that it's not always very reliable. Like, Um, one of our good friends used it for a year, um, because, you know, she, her car got messed up and instead of buying a new one, she was like, I'm going to see if I can just do things without a car. She lived relatively close to work and she had things in the neighborhood that she could get to pretty easily, everything that she would need. So she thought she would go for it, but it was like kind of hellish. I'm pretty sure from her experience hearing about it that whole year, trying to deal with like keeping up with things being late or running inefficiently. I'll never forget the one time she came over to hang out at our house and she was like, oh, shoot, I got to leave. My bus is going to come. And we were out on the porch and we saw her go down onto the sidewalk. The bus drove by. She saw it, started running, chased it because it had stopped and then left without her. <laughs> she got on the bus. We were so worried she wasn't going to make this bus because she's running after the bus because she's missing her bus. She gets on the bus and we're just like, phew, oh my gosh, she got on the bus. That was hilarious. And then she text messaged me and she's like, I'm on the wrong bus. This is the bus that comes before my bus because my bus is late. And all the buses are late. (laughs) Like, I remember that. That's the worst. That happened to me and Brennan recently downtown. Like, we took a bus that was like, it it arrived whenever our train was supposed to. So we just took it because we thought it was our train. We didn't pay attention enough to like look and confirm and we were on it. And it was the wrong one. And there's nothing worse than that moment when you realize you're on the wrong thing and you're like, this is going to add like an extra like hour to my commute, basically. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's terrible. The article also mentions um, a couple other like advantages to having, you know, better public transportation that more people want to use and that's more affordable. Um, Reducing congestion on the highways where people who do live like too far out to use public transportation and have to use the highways, you know, like, I don't know, I'm sure there's literally hundreds of people out there who have driven on 480 during rush hour. And I know there are because you're all out there with me in my way and I'm in your way and it pisses us both off, but we're all there. And like, I don't want to be the asshole that's cutting up into the lane of traffic, but sometimes Mm -hmm. I have to be. And I hate that asshole every time it's not me, but I'm going to do it because everybody does it sometimes. (laughs) 
And I do like the idea of less congestion on the highways because people who live closer to the city can get to work and get yeah. to things they have to do downtown or near downtown without having to, to necessarily like take the highways to get right. into it. An- another point the article made was saying how low wage workers who would normally pay like two fifty for a fare, like they would just get that for free. And I feel like that would be really beneficial oh, just yeah. to save that money. Like if you're already low income, you know, I think that, you know, that could obviously help. Yeah, I mean, when you get to a point where, like, my ride to work is a percentage of what I make, like, a significant percentage of what I make in an hour, that's bullshit. And that's not how things should be this day in this day and age. Mm-hmm. Absolutely agree. I think the big question that a lot of people have when we think about this topic is just, like, how does it get paid for? Yeah. What does that look like? How much are we already paying towards these kinds of services out of taxpayer? Because that's really what it's going to come down to, right? Right, exactly. And I know recently the RTA has had little funding or decreased funding when it comes to, like, taxpayer and from a decline in ridership means less fare money. So they're just struggling overall, I think, to really be, like, provide solutions like this mm-hmm. but i i think it's worth an investment especially if it goes well in kansas city you know and if they serve as a model then i think yeah. that's something that you know you could prove to voters that like this is worth it certainly in fact um just thinking about what they're trying to do in kansas city the article references a study done at the university of missouri at kansas city which says that like i guess currently riders spend eight million dollars a year on fares, which is a lot. Yeah. If you're thinking about like just like a couple dollars a ride, um, I guess it, re- it really adds up quickly. But they were saying that if that money could be spent, you know, other places, the ripple effect in the economy could be up to 17 million more dollars being mm. spent on other things. I guess because people might go places and just like spend more money than they would have spent on the bus. Mm-hmm. I think that's really interesting. And I mean, that's one way if they really do end up doing this, that they could you know, potentially see like, you know, is there just our businesses doing better? So we'll be sure to post this article from cleveland.com um, in the description of this episode. But I think it's an interesting idea. I would certainly love to see it if we could make it work. Yeah. Um, it took Kansas City a few years. I guess this has been in the works for them for like four years now. And they're just finally voting to like make oh, it happen. Everything so, takes forever. That's what we said. Well, that's what's up in Cleveland. All right, some Cleveland features. This week we're splitting it. Yes, or we're doing it as a joint feature. Yes, because we both went to this event. Yes, this was uh, just yesterday, January 25th. We went to the Lunar, the Chinese Lunar New Year celebration. Yes, it was at Asia Plaza, which was at the corner of East 38th and Payne Yes, uh, in Cleveland. Mm -hmm. In, like, Asia Town is what they call it, Mm -hmm. that area over there. Right. Um, And it was a really interesting plaza. I had never been there before. Although, when we were on our way, I actually thought that we had been there before because we went somewhere really similar, also on the east side, probably somewhere in the same area. Yeah, it's, like, right around the corner, I think. Right, and... Even when we went to that other place, I thought we were going to yet a third place that I had also <laughs> been to. So basically what we're saying is there are several 
really cool like Asian plazas with like different shops and awesome grocery stores in the Cleveland area that you should probably just Google and check out any of them. But the one we went to yesterday was the one at 38th and Payne, which is just called Asia Plaza. Mm-hmm. Um, it was super nice. Um, the event itself had several sponsors from the community. Yeah, I know one of them was Asia. Yes, the organization was called Asia, which stands for Asian Services in Action. Um, the guy we talked to from there was super nice. He was getting ready to move his table, so I felt bad, oh, like yeah, maybe I, I was hassling him. <laughs> but he was really nice nonetheless, and he gave us this really awesome fact sheet about their organization. And some of the work they do for the Asian community here in the Cleveland and even Akron area. Um, I didn't actually realize how big of a an a Asian, it's actually Asian American and Pacific Islanders hmm. is the most inclusive way to refer to that community. I didn't realize how prominent or how many people in Cuyahoga County belong to that population. There's almost... There's 47,511, which is a really specific number, but I guess that makes sense. That's how these things work. Yeah. Um, People in Cuyahoga County who are of that descent, and I just think that's really interesting. Um, They also mentioned in some of their statistics that the population of Asian people in Ohio has actually more than doubled since the year 2000, Mm -hmm. and it's six times what it was in 1980, which was only like... 40 years ago so it's pretty crazy i guess it makes sense though because i think there's been a lot of immigration in general since then and that's what this organization really does is help immigrants like get settled in and provide resources whenever they need it Um, because it could be obviously a really tough transition oh my gosh so to have someone there who can be like this is what you need to do and you know kind of give you all the steps yeah just to like guide people through that you know, journey. Um, they call it sustainability services, actually. Which, when we first started talking to him, this was totally new for me. So yeah. I learned. Something I was like, yesterday. sustainability, like the environment. I immediately <laughs> thought he meant like recyclable packaging, <laughs> and like I was so confused. But no, it's um, you know, helping uh, families who have immigrated to America from other cultures, other countries, be able to you know just become you know grow accustomed to being here and and learn how to function in our society and and also still be able to celebrate their own culture. So um, in addition to offering, you know, sustainability services, uh, the organization offers um, domestic violence, sexual assault and human trafficking programs. They do interpreting and translation services, which I think could be really important. Like if you're trying to find a job or you're trying to find housing, I think is super important to have somebody to help you there. Um, as well as legal services, too. So if, you know, you're a member of that community or you love somebody who is and you want to help them out, um, the website for the organization I just wanted to share is uh, asiaohio.org. Yes. And they seem to do a lot of really awesome work. Mm-hmm. And like we said, they were one of the sponsors of the super great event we went to. Yeah. Do you know randomly who was one of the other sponsors? Who? T-Mobile. Oh, they had they a got table. A, yeah. I wondered. They got a lot of skin in the game. T-Mobile. Really? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Interesting. I, I did notice there. their table. I didn't talk to them though because I have Verizon. Yeah, I'm not interested. I'm in locked switching. in. I'm not. Yeah, mm-hmm. 
locked in on that family plan. But anyway, so some of the things we did and experienced at the Lunar New Year celebration. I had a blast. Yes. We saw some dancing like right when we got there. Yeah. Right away, I heard the music. I saw the crowd. I saw these adorable little girls in these super cute little outfits doing this amazing dance. Yes. Um, Completely mesmerized, except after the first performance, we stood there and watched... This other girl came up, a little bit of an older girl, like a teenager. She was doing so well. She was doing a solo. And I honestly thought when she started, I was like, how cool. Like, that's such a big deal when you're a kid and you're, like, going to do a solo at, like, the Lunar New Year Festival. I'm sure it was a big Mm -hmm. deal for her. And uh, I don't know how far she was into her routine, but at one point, like, a minute or two in... I noticed she was making a strange face for for a second. Like, she looked uncomfortable. And I was like, why is she making that face? And you noticed it, too. But you knew that she, she just glazed over. She forgot her steps. And she didn't know what to do. Right. So she, like, ran ran off to the side. And she was, like, hands to the temples. Ugh. Like, totally confused. I felt so bad. Everyone was clapping, trying to get her back out there. But Ugh. she just was, like. And I just, like, I know that moment. When yes. you're, like, in front of a crowd of people. And you just start thinking about what you're doing. And then you can't remember anything beyond that. You're just like, nope. Yeah, you just freeze. It happens. And I felt so bad. And if by any chance that girl hears this podcast, I just want you to know that you were beautiful. You were doing an amazing job. And you could have gone out there and just at, just freestyled it. And yeah. we would have been none the wiser. Everyone would have been screaming. So just take that as the lesson for next time. And, and you got this, girl. But yeah, she was beautiful. The other group that came up after her, like older, they were gorgeous as well. It was yeah. really cool to just see... Very Some mesmerizing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I love their outfits too. They're like kind of like kimono. It, is see, that what it you reminded call it? me. It was like, I know dresses. Okay. More yeah. I have no idea. <laughs> I don't know anything. It was like sort of a mermaid style dress. Though, oh, yes. Is what that was. Yes. Because didn't you say you were like, these are going to be my bridesmaids dresses? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. And, and I, I took note. I was like, okay. Like it. Okay. <laughs> it was like blue, like a light baby blue at the bottom, which faded to a white in the middle, and then a beautiful baby pink up at the top and the whole thing um down her sides were was like gems and sequins and they were just super <laughs> they were super pretty but definitely something that would probably be tacky if i actually made you wear that in a wedding <laughs> party well maybe one day um so yeah the the dances were beautiful the costumes were beautiful after that we walked around a little bit and looked at some of the tables that were set up with different vendors different organizations that were there Mm -hmm. representing that was when we spoke to the the guy from asia and then um who else did we talk to we talked to someone from the census bureau (gasps) that's right and she amazed me immediately because you guys this woman was donna from parks she looked just like her she looked exact doppelganger. And then she called us over. And she's got a, she's like doing like a government job, kind of. Like yeah, she right. is Donna. It and was she great. did. She probably saw me staring at her because I couldn't stop thinking about how she looked like Donna from <laughs> That's Parks probably and Rec. why she called us over. <laughs> probably. And she we we went over them and we were talking to her about working as somebody goes out and, and actually knocks on people's doors for the census. And those are people who didn't send back the initial like packet or paperwork that they send out for this. I'm excited. This is only our, I mean, it's every 10 years, so mm-hmm. 2010. This is only our second census, third census. Third census. That's in our whole crazy. lives. Yeah. And it's only our second one as adults, mm-hmm. which is which That is we cool, can actually that be. We, well, I think they count oh, children. Right. Right. They just, we we don't get to have ourselves counted. Mm-hmm. Um, 
Would you, so the most interesting thing about being a census name taker is what I'm going to call it, <laughs> is I didn't realize you get paid. Yeah, twenty two fifty an hour. Which is pretty good, except when you remember that you have to go to strangers' doors. Right. <laughs> and you have no idea who or what or right. how many people are going to be on the other side. Right. I guess it's based on your neighborhood, though. So they, like, kind of start you out around where you live. So I guess if you're, like, comfortable in your neighborhood, but you never True. know. That's the thing is, like, she mentioned they do it near where you live, like, near where you live. Well, how near? Because I'm, like, 10 miles from some sketchy areas right. that I don't really want to go walk around. That's true. Um, so I was, I would just be curious to know a little bit more about what that radius was. I also asked her if it's something that's recommended for people who have a full-time job, and she was sort of sketchy on that. She was like, I have two, yeah, two full-time two. jobs. And I'm like, well, do you sleep? Like... So I, I'm not really sure. I don't think it's something that either of us is going to be doing. But it was interesting to chat with her because I was super curious to learn more about yeah. just like how that works. We also went into a tea shop that sold yes. tea and other like supplements. We didn't buy anything. It had though. a funky smell in there. But yeah. I liked it kind of. There was also a store full of like trinkets, and like gifts. Asian. It was called Sisters Gifts. Yes. Sisters Gifts, which makes me think sisters must own it. I didn't get to ask. But yeah, it was really cute. Just a plethora of adorable little figurines and knickknacks and keychains and just everything you would expect in like a souvenir store. But all of it was just like from different parts of Asia, you could tell. Um, so that was super cute. Everything was really affordable. And it's just one of those places that's always fun to go and like look at everything. Yeah. I think the highlight, though, of the entire thing, at least for me. I knew you were going to say this was your favorite yes, part. Yes, <laughs> the dragon dance. Yes. Oh, my gosh. What was the name of that organization that did the dragon dance? They're the OCA, the Organization of Chinese Americans. Oh. Mm-hmm. It's interesting. One thing I, I have to just say, though, about that is not all of them were Chinese. I would say about half of them were not. Which makes sense to me that maybe, you know, they have a partner or a best friend who's Chinese, who's involved. Or maybe they are, and I just, I'm just being naive. <laughs> you know, I don't know. The only thing I was thinking is, what if you met a guy, like, just presumably like a, like a Caucasian guy, and... You went on a couple dates, and then you found out he's, like, really into... The dragon like dancing. Chinese organization. Where I would just be confused. I'd be like, why are you into this? Yeah, I'm some people just really like the, the culture. Guy. Yeah, <laughs> right. Yeah, because, like, the guy... Because, okay, so this dragon dance, this whole thing starts out with this guy. He's coming out with this, like, staff flag, and he's doing some, like, bending with it. And I swear I heard someone in, in the crowd saying, he's not Chinese. <laughs> and he said it, like, a couple of times, which makes me think that's what he said. That's terrible. But he wasn't, but... But it was just funny. But he was doing a great job. And then it's like, I would say it's like 12 people. He was doing a great job. But the only thing I was thinking the whole time was he could be completely making this up on the spot right yeah. now. And this might not even be choreographed. And how would I know? <laughs> I have no idea. Because if it was choreographed, how does he remember how to do exactly what to do every moment, every second? It's weird. I don't know. I mean, to do this whole entire thing had to take so oh, much preparation. I can't even. And yeah. choreography to like understand where everyone's going to be at one time. So you said the 12 people. Right. And there's 12 people 
I think, who are holding, like, this dragon, and they're all kind of doing, like, a choreographed dance with it, making it move. It was sort of like a snake flying through the air type dragon. Right. Like, its body was curling in on itself. And it was really impressive how coordinated these people were. Yes, and were. how synced. Because I actually thought at one point how I would be the absolute worst I could not person to have on that I would have team. to do that literally, like, a thousand times. I would, yeah, it would be so bad. I'd be going the wrong direction every five seconds, right. and we would just be tangled that's 100%. what i think the most impressive thing of it was they like stayed in that area so well mm-hmm. and like they didn't hit anybody and they were like crowded in there yeah and they were like able to just like be like really on point with everything yeah it was fantastic it was also like 10 15 minutes long that's what <laughs> it was really say. long like i'm sure traditionally it's long but i was maybe just because we were standing or maybe I don't know, just, I started to get a headache after a few mm-hmm. minutes because I was just like, wow, this is a really long dragon dance. But it was super cool. It was cool. He slayed the dragon, in case anyone was w- wondered. Yeah, that's sort of like the plot of what was right. happening. Right, mm-hmm. right. He slayed the dragon. I think he was like hypnotizing it at one point because it was like Yeah, I think like a snake charmer, but with a giant yes, dragon. Yes, exactly. So that part was dope. And then... And then we went to a gr- the grocery store over there. Which was really cool. We looked at some of the treats. Yes, there was a lot of really interesting treats from all different parts of Asia at this grocery store that was attached to the plaza. I really wanted these ones that, to be honest, were a pretty safe bet. They were basically like chocolate Little Debbie inspired Mm. cakes, but they were from China and I really wanted them. But the lines at this grocery store were really long. I think just because it was like a Saturday afternoon and probably also because this event was going on. Uh, so I did not wait in line for them. No, we were too hungry. Too. We were so hungry. And after that was when we actually went and got some food. Yes. At this uh, really good restaurant that was in the plaza right by when you walk in called Sichuan Cafe. Yes. Which I swear I've heard of before. Like we went sort of spontaneously because it was there. But I swear somebody has told me about it before. And it I was, wouldn't be surprised because it was delicious. It was super delicious. Um, I got the beef with broccoli, which is my mm. signature go-to dish typically when I'm out for Chinese. Um, I think the biggest surprise to me was just the portions. Yeah, it was so much. It's so much. I got orange chicken. Which looked really... And it was really good. I liked it because, like, the the orange peels were, like, you could tell, like, they were Mm. big, but, like, it still tasted pretty good. Yeah. And I I roll with shrimp, which was really good, too. Yeah. So we pretty much gorged ourselves on delicious Chinese food after our Chinese New Year celebration Mm -hmm. at the Asian Plaza. And I had a wonderful time. Yeah. You know, it's the year of the rats. That makes me, I'm sure, like, maybe it has some interesting symbolism to it. It it. was like, it brings wealth. So that's good. I like that. I don't know if that, like, only applies to, like, if you were born in that year. Like, I don't know if everyone's going to get wealth or just people born. It's like 1984, I think. Right. There's, like, it's not the year we were born, so I was like, whatever. Yeah, we're the year of the sheep or sometimes the goat or sometimes the ram, which I also don't like because that Hmm. confuses me. Um, but I'm looking at it right now. A ram is kind of cool. I mean, if they would just say ram, I hate saying sheep. I don't mind goat because greatest of all time. That's fine. Oh, yeah. Um, but it says the ram is among the animals that people like most. It is gentle and calm. Since mm. ancient times, people have learned to use its fleece to make riding brushes and for to keep warm. People this has use nothing my fleece to do with us. Time. Yeah. Mm. This is a terrible description that I've pulled up very, very quickly. Um, do you want to know what our lucky numbers, though, for people born in the year of the ram? Uh, four. 
That is one of our lucky numbers. Mm-hmm. Do you want me to tell you the other two, or would you like to guess? I I, I know them. What is it? Sixteen. No. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> what what are they? It's allegedly three and nine, according to this oh. travelchinaguide.com that I've pulled up. Hmm, that's good. I like threes. None of those. My lucky number's five, so. Oh. Yeah, it's my mom's lucky number, too. Ooh. Anyway, so the Lunar New Year celebration was a hit. I yeah. definitely recommend that people check out, you know, some of the other businesses that were in Asia Plaza. Something mm-hmm. that we didn't get a chance to try that looked amazing was this place in the very center, sort of, that made waffles. Yeah, and they, they were like so ball waffles. Like, like instead of like a waffle with like little indents in it, like you would know like a waffle pattern, mm. it was um um like little ball, like a waffle made of balls. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> like little like half balls kind of. Yeah, like bubbles. Yeah, bubbles. <laughs> they look delicious. <laughs> this we got in line for one, but again the line was really long. That's the only problem with trying to do any sort of event in any city anywhere is dealing with the long lines for stuff. And it was sort of the same story as when we were in the grocery store. We were just like so super hungry. We were like, mm. we can't wait in this line if we would have waited in all the lines we would have been there probably for like another hour or more between just waiting yeah and plus it was too hard to wait in that line because it smelled so good in there i wanted to eat one so i would go back just to try that and um i definitely recommend that other people check it out for sure happy chinese new year audrey oh happy chinese new year ryan let's do some plugs you love to plug. I do. I'm like really excited about my plug this week because I had it recently and I was like, I'm going to plug this Ooh, for the you, podcast. You had it recently. I did. I had this plug. It was great. I got this plug from Circle K. Ooh, <laughs> you can even believe that it. That is not the place in my mind to I get know. a plug, but I, I know. know you're not really talking about a plug. Uh, ha, 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 ha. <laughs> No, but I really did get this at Circle K, though. Okay, because, so it's accessible, whatever it yes, is. Yes, it is. You can get this, I'm pretty sure, at any Cleveland area Circle K, probably Northeast Ohio Circle K, but I can't confirm But this that. is a Cleveland-specific plug? It is, it is. Fun, okay. Yes. Okay, the anticipation, <laughs> I know. Okay, it's Lawson's Chip Dip, which is just like, you know, like a like a sour cream each chip dip, right. but very similar to a hell of a, um, but... It is better. Right. For sure. It is so good. Yeah, Lawson's, it started in Chagrin Falls, I think, actually, like Mm -hmm. where, like, it originated, and there were stores all around, like, Cleveland and Ohio and Michigan and Pennsylvania. It's actually, fun fact, my grandmother worked at a Lawson's store, and I'll be totally honest, I had no idea that it was the same Lawson's as the Chip Dip, which I've certainly seen and purchased before. She actually, uh, fun fact again... Um, she was robbed when she worked at that store and had a gun held to her head. Oh my God. Did everyone steal the chip dip? It was not for the chip dip, surprisingly enough. Um, but you know, luckily she gave him all the money and he just left because, um, I guess I still would have been born because my dad was already born, but let's just say my life would absolutely be, I would not be the person I am today. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, so I did not know, though, that the, the two things were connected mm. or that Lawson's was from Ohio. I think the chip dip is, like, one of the lasting things mm. from that store. What they're known for. Mm. And it's only sold at Circle K. <laughs> do they have um, any good flavors that you particularly love? You know what? Love? They do. They have, like, a ranch one 
Um, and then they have like, just like the, the the original. Oh yeah. That's a good plug. But the original is really good. Mm -hmm. I would highly recommend it. If just you're at Circle K, just like stop, pick it up, you know, get some pickle chips too, because that's the best combo with that. Super Bowl Sunday is coming up. Oh, Super Bowl Sunday. If you show up with some Lawson's, you are a hit. Also, we shouldn't say Super Bowl Sunday because they can sue us. Really? You always say the big game. Oh, the big game. I'm just kidding. I mean, when I worked uh, at a place where that would have mattered, um, anytime somebody put that in a press release, we had to tell them to take it out. Oh. And they had to refer to it as the big game. But hmm. fuck it. We're going to leave it in because we're rebels. <laughs> so that was a great plug, Ryan. <laughs> I love me some chip dip. Yes. Check it out. Check it out. What is your plug? Plug me. Ooh. I could. Um, so my plug for this week is not a product plug, but rather more of a an exhibition, which oh. isn't all plugging. A bit oh, of an Lord. Sorry, we have got to give up on this. <laughs> this is so obnoxious. We have to change the explicit content no. on this, probably. Oh, <laughs> we might not be. Are we MA? We, we're fine. MA, but there's, there's one that might be, I think. There, there was one that was more than that, and I was like, "Are we Ooh. more than MA?" We're there was only like one or two. We're I think teetering. That's a well, this is more. as racy as it gets, so everybody calm down. <laughs> um, Please, my... we're all adults here. <laughs> I hope. Uh, so my plug for this week is actually an exhibit at the Cleveland Museum of Art currently, and there's um actually it's actually a joint exhibit with the MoCA, yeah. uh, the Museum of Contemporary Art in Cleveland, but I think the part of it that's biggest is at the CMA, and it's an exhibit from a Japanese artist named Lu Wei, hey, and Lu Wei. It's, called in, uh, it's called Invisible Cities, and we actually saw this exhibit together recently when we were at the CMA. Oh, yes. You remember. It was so cool. Big. I'm not going to describe it too in depth because you should really go there and see it. But just imagine like these big, beautiful prints, like whole walls with um, sort of like different geometric shapes and patterns going on, mostly like vertical, um, definitely reminiscent of like a skyscraper. And it's different cityscapes that have been altered and messed with. And it's really cool. And the other component to the exhibit that I actually think is even it's like weirder and cooler. These uh, replicas of like famous buildings from all over the world, mm-hmm. and they're made out of rawhide yeah. that you would buy for your dog. So like, imagine like I think one of them is like the House of Con- like Congress, right? And it's literally made out of like rawhide. So it's just got this like weird like skin looking texture to it, but it's these like really notable buildings. Yeah. and you wouldn't really interesting- guess it was rawhide without probably knowing yeah i wasn't sure what it was until i read but they're just like they're super intricate and detailed mm-hmm. um and it's just such an interesting medium to have chosen for that yeah one so, of my favorite ones that we saw there it kind of reminds me of okay like the opening sequence of game of thrones they do like all of like that like world building kind of thing like imagine like that but made out of rawhide yes. and like huge like they, yes. they, they, they they like had that and it was really cool it was suspended from the ceiling so you can kind of like walk around it um, and like kind of like peek into it. It was really cool. Very intricate. The exhibit is going to be at the Cleveland Museum of Art until February 16th. So definitely try to check it out before then. Uh, CMA is free and you can get parking outside. If you sometimes pay to park in the garage if you're bougie like me. But mm-hmm. uh, it was super cool. 
And CMA always has awesome exhibits. They have a lot of stuff going on this year that's going to be really fun, and I'm sure I'll be bringing that up again. Yeah, we love the art museum. We'll definitely be talking about some stuff there. Yes, but that was my plug for this week. Yes. It was a big one. That was a big plug. (laughs) Two great plugs. So much plugs. Um, But thank you, everybody, for listening. I've had a great time this week, Ryan. Yes, amazing. Ryan's sleepy. He's stretching. I'm stretching. We're ready to go relax now. It's it's Sunday. Everyone enjoy. Whenever you're listening to this, enjoy your time. And I hope you enjoyed listening to us. <laughs> yes, we do. Yes, we do, Ryan. Thank you, everyone. And until next time, we'll see, see you, you in Cleveland. Cleveland.